Captain's Log, Episode 31. This week's episode of the Beer Avengers Podcast is sponsored by Astoria Beer and Cheese Ditmars. Located at 35-11 Ditmars Boulevard in Astoria, Queens. Enjoy the eclectic array of craft beer, artisanal cheeses, and specialty grocery items. At Astoria Beer and Cheese Ditmars, home bar to yours truly, Captain Porter Brown Stout. This week, Captain, Beer Wonder, and guest host Belgian Babe welcome fellow podcaster and beer vendor to be Josh Mills from Acquired Tastings, who ironically had a flavor we had no trouble adapting our palates to. If you listen to episode 23, you know that Josh and his father slash co-host gifted us with a wonderful four-pack from an outstanding Arkansas brewery that we shared on the show. Out of gratitude and sheer curiosity, we just had to know more. Spoiler alert, we weren't disappointed. We did, however, struggle to come up with the perfect beer venture name for Josh, though we promise we'll come up with one in due time. Or, uh, overdue time, to be more precise. Remember to like, star, and subscribe us whenever that feels appropriate, and send us your emails at thebeervengers at gmail.com if you have any questions, suggestions, or if you just like hearing us talk about you on the show. And now, without further ado, please enjoy episode 31, Acquiring Beer Ventures. Well, we're the Beer, 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 Beer Ventures, Beer, 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 Beer Ventures, Beer, 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 Beer Ventures. We're the Beer Ventures. Welcome to the BeerCast, everyone. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Astoria, Queens, I am Captain Porter Brownstout. And coming to you from an undisclosed location in the County of Kings, it is I, the Beer Wonder! And coming to you from an undisclosed location in the County of Queens, I am the Belgian Babe. And we are... The, the Beer Vengers! That's right, we are the Beer Vengers, everyone. Thanks for coming to the Beer Cast. Uh, everyone out there, Beer Vengers at home or wherever you are, even if you're away from home, we're happy to have you here. We've got a great show coming up, lots of pours, and we have a special guest. Uh, you may remember him, uh, well, you don't know, not him specifically, but we talked about him in his podcast a while when we had our special fan appreciation show a few weeks back. Uh, please welcome Josh Mills from the Acquired Tastings podcast. Woo! Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be on with you guys today. Yeah, so are we. And you're, oh, I should also mention you are coming in all the way uh, from Little Rock, Arkansas. That's right. So, uh, so we will we will have a, a wonderful meeting of different cultures today. Exactly. Um, so we we have all of this happening. Uh, well, especially I mean, beer cultures. It was meant specifically because we've talked about how every every locality you go to has an entirely different scene. And we want to include as many of them as we can on the show. Um, but before we get to any of that, uh, I think it's time we get to the pours, right? Sounds good. Oh, good. I'm so glad you said that because I happen to have a sponsored pour. And uh, I'm Bel really Belgian, looking forward Bel to Belgian babe. Belgian babe. Yeah, yes, Beer Wonder. I, I, I realize that Huck is not here this week. And I realize that you're yeah, used to so, being a guest. I, I, I understand that. Yes, you know what but goes this with is, that. So. This is now your third time on the podcast. So. Yes, you know, I I do think it's we're just as is tradition. We're just going to have to give the first pour to Josh. Thank you. You know what? 
I, I think you're right. All right. Over well, I am. I'm pouring. Sorry about Speaking that, Josh. of, that's okay. You know, super. Ex- it's beer, so we're all excited about it. We want to get it out in the glass. We are. So, uh, speaking of cultures, I am actually pouring the. It's really hard to see. This is called the it's Druid dark. Mixed Ooh. Culture Stout from a local oh, brewery called Lost Forty. It's oh. actually oh. a. Yeah. So you guys have had, uh, you guys have had the. Um, Nighty night Nighty from night. this brewery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is their, they take two of their stouts and they do a mixed wild culture that they actually cultivate locally. Oh, fun. That is a nice pour. Turns it. That's gorgeous. Pour, yeah. wow. Turns it a little bit sour. So. Yeah. Aggressive what, head what, on the, mm-hmm. uh, aggressive head on the top of that one, but really good looking. Yeah. Nice. Gorgeous. Looks good. All right. I, th- I think uh, what, she's she can she, she now that she's atoned for a mistake. I think we might yes, Bel- Belgian babe, you you are you are, <laughs> right. you are we, we our other yeah. special guest. Alrighty so. then. Well, I am pouring a fifth hammer, which is uh, around the corner here in Long Island City, New York. This is the fifth hammer cherries in the dark. Yeah, and, and I will. And, that, and and I think we need to mention that that beer is a sponsored pour. And it is a Belgian style ale with cherries as. I'm the Belgian babe. It seems appropriate. So I'm going to try to get a better crack on this than I did on the nighty night a few weeks ago. Ooh, excellent crack on that one. I'll take it. I'll take it. And here we go. Okay. Into the old pony bar glass. That's Hold it up a little higher so we can take a peek at that thing. Let me try to get my fingers out of the way here. Okay. There you go. (laughs) It's tricky. It is. It can be a little bit tricky in the logo and the... Mm-hmm. But it's got a uh, decent head retention yeah. there, or actually yeah. a lot of head production. It looks like a, a kind of, of a browner beer. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a almost looks like a like a a dark ale. Um, but we'll see where we, we see go that with can that. Too? So you sure can. Yep. Oh, very nice. Yeah. It's a good logo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fifth ha- hammer with a Roman V for five. Excellent. So, there you go. so it's the fifth. All righty. Is that, is that all you have there? Oh, uh, no. Since we are um, hosting our acquired tastings colleague here, I have brought uh, a cheese for pairing with the beer. This is uh, a new favorite I found. It's called the St. Angel Triple Cream. I just saw it in the store one day and grabbed it and keep going back for more of it. Um, it's... Um, sort of brie adjacent. I don't know that it's considered an actual brie. And Josh, I'm sure you can tell us a lot more about it, but um, it's a very nice soft cheese. Now, the strange thing is, I was looking it up the other day um, before I knew that Astoria Beer and Cheese was providing me with a beer for today. And I was trying to find out what sort of beer goes with a triple cream. And I swear this is true. A website that I went to said, pair it with this and this or Belgian ales. So that just seems meant there to be. Have it. So, yep. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, Captain, I, I've been enforcing all the rules today, so I feel like it's only right that I let you go next. Well, all, all right. Then I'd be happy to. Now, uh, I ours is local to a degree, uh, but it's today. This is local because of the East Coast. I was uh, I was at one of our local supermarkets the other day. And uh, and I happened to see this great uh, new beer from Duclaw. Do you have Duclaw mm. in uh, Arkansas, Josh? No, we don't. 
sadly. But but have you ever, have you seen it? Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it. I haven't actually seen or been able to taste one. I, I was looking at their distribution map, and I think they you, Arkansas borders like three states that do get it. Like I saw Tennessee, and yeah. that's, <laughs> but, us, uh, that's usually how it works for us. They all go all the way up to the river, and like, eh, we're done. Yeah, it's like there's like 21 states. The entire like right side of the map is 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 colored in. Uh, but oh, this man. is a, one of their special editions. I mean, they're best known for things like Sweet Baby Jesus and Dirty Little Freak. Uh, but this is part of their Pastryarchy series. It's a Mexican hot chocolate brown ale. Oh. So uh, let's see what we have here in this. It was yeah, it was one. I was just so surprised to see it at the grocery store. I'm like, well, that one's coming home with me. Yeah. I mean, it's a good slow pour right there. Looks really thick and viscous, although a very creamy head. It does, yeah. It's got a nice head. It's Mm -hmm. uh, there we go. Perfect in that classic Astoria beer and cheese glass. (laughs) Um, And uh, in honor of our guest, I uh, I was looking for some tastings for it, and I looked online and I saw that the best uh, things to have to pair with a with a brown ale is uh, steak and and pork. So I went over to the taco truck around the corner from me uh, to since it's a you know Mexican hot chocolate brown ale, and I wound up getting some spicy pork tacos. Nice to go with it, yeah. So uh, I'll make this noise now and <laughs> and uh, and and I oh, beer wonder uh, your your glass is still empty. I know I have one to do, and 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 as we've been sort of keeping it local here, I, I am doing a local one. I have got uh, a beer from our dear friends at Non Sequitur Beer Project um, oh, here in Brooklyn. Uh, this is their Just Little Rewaka, um, which is part of their Single Hop series. I believe it was the second one that they did, uh, and they're calling it their Single Hop Tiny IPA. Um, so also just check out that can art. Always excellent with them. <laughs> Always cute. kind of Great. ridiculous. Yeah. That hop has got every feeling in the book. Uh, <laughs> and let's see how this one turns out. Ah, oh, nice crack. Oh, that I was gonna say it's a freshie, so it's foaming. Oh my. Ooh. Ooh. It's very excited. So we're gonna have to do a slower, gentle pour on that one because this I mean, beer is ready to go. Like you said, that beer's got all the feelings. That all those hops are ready to just jump out and yeah, they they just want everything. But you can, I mean, even with the, even though this is not perhaps the greatest pour of my life, we'll get a little better hopefully. As <laughs> well, it's the, not like you pour beer for a living or anything. No, it's so. not like it's not like I get paid to do this. <laughs> but uh, but you can see it's got really loose bubbles in the head. It's got a yeah. beautiful golden uh, kind of like straw color here. And it's all citrus on the nose. So oh, that'll I'm be really very... nice when that settles, yeah. Yes. And while we're letting it have its feelings, um, in honor of our dear friends over at uh uh acquired tastings. Yes, there we go. Yes. Uh I was like, I was like, I I'm I i do not want to screw this up on the podcast because that would be very rude of me. And I am the arbiter of what is polite, apparently. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. Yes. Um I, I have brought with me a delightful sharp English cheddar hoping that some of the sharpness from the cheddar and some of the hops could be a fun combination. And if I know anything about our friends at Acquired Tastings, you might have some mixed feelings about IPAs. So I'm excited to talk to you about those soon. Yeah, that'll, we, we do. Well, I, let's just, mm-hmm. let's, 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 be, let's be honest. I have mixed feelings about it. My dad yes. loves them. He'll, dad will drink them all day long, but mm-hmm. I do have some mixed feelings about it, but I'm excited. You know, that, that one looks like it's good coming off, especially when you say citrus is kind of the first thing that hit you that kind of, Mm-hmm. Kind of makes me think. Okay, it might it might be up my alley a little bit. All right, yeah. everyone will raise a glass, please. All right. And uh, slancha and kanpai and cheers and etc. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, cheers, everybody. Mm. 
had a beer uh, a, a couple months ago, uh, maybe not that long ago, from a, a Brazilian uh, Brazilian Japanese beer. And uh, it, well, I mean, they, they actually they're they're doing contract brewing some of it out of Long Island, but they are they are women from Brazil of Japanese descent. Oh, cool! And every time I talk about them on uh, on social media, they say "kampai," and I found out that's that's the Japanese uh, saying for cheers. Cool. So it's stuck. Learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Josh, this I, I did a quick, you know, check of our our dear Lord Google on this one to find out more about this druid. Um, yeah. And I I am really fascinated because I I gather there's also some barrel aging that might be happening. So it's what it is is they actually have their own footer that they use. Okay. So it's aged it's aged in a footer basically to mm-hmm. give it that sour once they add in the cultures. Um, from my understanding, I'm that's the that's the part of it. This is part of a series that they call their, their wild barrels barrel series mm-hmm. uh, that they release locally. And it's, I mean, it's a massive footer that they, they decided to build, but they've, they've done a sour stout. They've, they did a whole line of them, like with a barley wine that was a single culture. They did a wild mm-hmm. cider as well, which was really cool. So, but yeah, I, I love, I love this beer. It's just, it's absolutely delicious. I always love those great big bottles. That lay- now I see why you're only doing one pour tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I thought about bringing a second pour from kind of their same kind of their same idea. They have a Sisson that they do where they mm. they went to one of our local public gardens and actually um, cultivated the yeast from some of the fruit plants uh, that are in that garden. But wow. it's a, it's a seven fifty, and I was like, I don't need to have this at. I think this is at like you know ten percent. Oof. and then go into something, you know, go into a whole another bottle. Yeah. So I think it's, it's gotta be on here somewhere. Uh, but it, it's up there around the eight, 10, 10 plus oh, wow. percent on the bottle. So with it being a sour, that's got some mm-hmm. aging going on. I mean, what it, it looks like, it's the kind of thing that would have some of those sort of Richard darker, maltier, bready, almost crusty notes, but if it's a sour, I imagine you've got some tartness. What are, what are you getting out of this one? Yeah. So with this one kind of on your nose, you get that like like the bitter side of coffee. Mm-hmm. And then you also get a sharp, tart, dried cherry. Oh, so nice. you get this like really flow back and forth where it's like you bit into that cherry that's super sour, but has just a little bit of sweetness right after you drank a cup, like some good espresso with that good astringent bitter, sea, bitter in it. And then it really just like makes your mouth pucker, makes it water again, and that you just keep going back. So this is actually a like their base beers of this are their two stouts that they do. Their Forest Queen, which is their regular stout, and then their Forest King Imperial Stout. Mm. And then they they uh, mix them together to get a blend, and then uh, use the wild cultures to sour it in the in a footer to give it kind of that nice big soury taste. But you have that good stout backbone there that's all the things that most people who like stouts say they hate yeah i was gonna say that's a a wild combination put together for a lot of our our stout friends so yeah so it's it's all those things that like that you want everybody to like in a stout soured and kind of makes it a little bit more friendly a little bit more sweeter on the palate makes it more in my opinion it makes it more approachable is it but is it is it not a but it's, I mean, is it a cloying sweetness or just a crisp sweetness? It's a it's a dried fruit sweetness. So okay, 
for uh, it's kind of right there in the middle. Um, it's so if I would have known everybody was doing pairings, I would have brought hmm. as one thing. I would have brought strawberries because oh, right nice. now in Arkansas, strawberries are in season. They are big, beautiful, sweet, yet tart with that just that perfect balance. And so I think that would go really well with kind of the beer itself to kind of play on that sour sweet feel plus the roasty kind of that roasty note that you get in at the bottom of it. Josh, that just means we're going to have to have you back again. <laughs> you can bring. I mean, definitely. With... That's it. Yeah. And now I'm, is, is uh, how I don't know much about lost 40 uh, brewery aside from the fact that I love that nighty night. Uh, yeah. Want to hear yes. a little bit more about, about beers in Arkansas, but I also want to mention something uh, that I heard you and your dad talking about on your podcast uh, that the beer you gave us may actually be a higher ABV than it said on the can. Well, so there's this thing when it comes to Arkansas <laughs> is all, our laws are very strange, mm. uh, especially when it comes to alcohol production. For a long time, uh, my dad mentioned this on one back. So, uh, for a long time, you couldn't brew and sell beer that was over 6%. Like state law, mm. couldn't make it. It was illegal to do. So, and we all know that there's the play that you get as a, as a brewer or even a winemaker in your alcohol, in your ABV. So I think it's like, it's it's like three each way. Mm -hmm. Um, When you taste that beer and you taste it next to another 10 and a half percent beer, it's different. In my, in my, in my opinion, it's different. And if I drink three of one and then three of another, well, not at the same time, of course, cause I'd be on the floor at that point. Uh, <laughs> but it, you just, you feel different after you drink them. And I just think, you know, 10 and a half feels, I don't know. I'd have to look at the law. It might be the top level that you can have for a brewed beer beverage before you go into like a brewed malt beverage mm-hmm. level. Or like, I think there's probably some nuances when it comes to barley wine, because a few places around here have done barley wine, but I've never seen it above like 13 and a half percent. So it may go into just some of that as well as taxes. Yeah, I remember there was a there was a similar situation in Ohio. I don't remember what the percentage was, but I was I remember it was there right as the law was changing. It seems like a lot of states had because these are these old antiquated, just barely post prohibition laws that were going on there. And right. uh, I think a lot of the states, like Ohio, probably saw how well Michigan was doing with, with craft beers, and they realized it was about time to change the law so they could try and keep up. And they're they've made up for lost time. They're great. But I remember I was there. I was there one time uh, visiting a friend of mine, uh, and the law was just changing, and he was talking about that very thing about how yeah, this is thirteen percent or you know whatever it is, uh, right. because there was a lot of speculation as to uh, whether people were topping off that ABV a little bit. Since this is a right. podcast, we should mention you were doing quotation marks in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I heard it. I heard, I heard it in my head. Oh, yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> but no, so there was so that that law about the six and a, I think it was six and a half percent um, mm-hmm. also played into distributing because we have about 35 different type of liquor licenses that you can have hmm. in the state. And one of them is um, beer and wine only. And for a long time, if it was, if it was brewed over six and a half percent, it wasn't considered beer. 
it was considered oh, wow. brewed malt beverage. So if I just had oh. like the wine bar that I worked at just had a wine and beer license. And so you as the distributor couldn't sell me anything above six and a half percent like dead guy for a long time could not be sold in those type of establishments because it's 6.6 percent mm. alcohol and it's like what is up here it's like a standard beer that you everywhere should have yeah so it was like it, it, it it's gone away now but it was there for a while and it just it made ordering sometimes so hard and so limiting yeah i can imagine well, yeah. it sounds like a delightful beer, and I know, uh, continuing on the dark beer trend, Captain, um, what's up with this delightful Duclaw? It's it's really good. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a uh, let's see, it is a seven percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still keeping at that level of you know a little, a little bit higher than your average brown ale, like that one that uh, Nutpool brought on a couple weeks ago from Fifth Hammer. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a five and a half. So this is a seven. Um, so it's definitely sort of the probably the upper range of, of before it would start to be considered Imperial. Okay. Um, but I'm, uh, it's, it's funny when I looked at the, at the taco truck, um, this is actually, we'll t- tell the story about boss of the tacos. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, the taco truck, uh, they had three separate kinds of pork that I could have chosen in this. Uh, they're like just basic, uh, carnitas, uh, and then, uh, and then there's, but, but the one I, I chose the spicy pork specifically because it was a spicy beer. And I find that those spices are, are, you know, pinging back and forth and complementing each other very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's interesting. The only other beer I've, and this may not be entirely true. Uh, we'll check that out with hookups next week. <laughs> the only other beer that immediately comes to mind, that's, that's what I'll say, uh, with the same kind of profile is the stone Chocavesa. Mm-hmm. which I think I featured uh, a while back because that's one of my favorite seasonal beers that they do. It's that, because it's really that, but that's, that's more of a, it's more of a stout. And so therefore it's a little heartier. This is, this is very much in the Brown, but it's got a lot of character to it and I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's so funny. When they talk I, the, about the, it being, oh. No, go ahead. Well, I can say when they talk about it being Mexican hot chocolate, do they talk about any, like <clears throat> there's actually like they put chili in there. Cause that's kind of in, in the, that's what makes a Mexican hot chocolate. There's the that. There's also like cinnamon. Usually uh, yeah. I will, uh, I will take a quick look at this. Um, okay. It's a uh, cinnamon, cinnamon spice, deep chocolate and lactose. Uh, it does not mention chili specifically. Cause I know that the Chocovesa definitely does. Um, but uh, but I think they're letting. Uh, it seems like they're letting cinnamon do most of the spice work in this one. Okay, uh, so you're getting that nice warming note from that cinnamon. Yeah. To kind of bring, yeah. to kind of open it up a bit. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about um, about the way how some brewers are more pure about how the way they do things, about how they think we make beer that tastes like beer. Was it Hill Farmstead Beer Wonder that we were talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was like, he like wrote this article where he was like throwing down the gauntlet for people who put silly adjuncts in their beers. Um, and Duclaw is very clearly whether they, they've been attacked as well, but they're very much on the other side of that argument uh, because uh, their their uh, their slogan is craft be cherished, rules be damned. Nice. <laughs> Which I think is a wonderful philosophy. 
mentioned earlier on the podcast, Duclaws, I believe the group that did the unicorn farts that I so <laughs> lovingly enjoyed with Beer Avengers and then eventually sent our dear Sourpuss, or yes, Sourpuss, oh no, excuse me, Mother Pucker uh, on a misadventure to go and find beers herself. Yeah. So. Well, they, they did a recent one. Uh, I was just looking it up because uh, I was trying to do my last minute homework right before I got on here tonight. Uh, and they did a recent promotion in March uh, that was a benefit for colorectal cancer. Mm. And uh, I think it was, uh, they had like sort of a rainbow crap on the can. Mm-hmm. And it's something like, uh, do you give a crap about colorectal cancer was the whole, the whole premise <laughs> of the IPA. Yeah. And <laughs> what they were doing was you could you could sign up for like this raffle thing where uh, where where you could uh, basically send them a if you were selected for this thing you would send in a stool sample to be screened for 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 this cancer and they would send you a free six pack of unicorn farts for that. Wow, so. I mean that's a great I beer. Mean, I, I know this is strange. Send it all about me. Some of us are some of us are eating here, but I uh, I just think that's a wonderful clever a promotion to do yeah. Yeah, for a good cause. For sure. So, Belgian Babe, we haven't heard much about this uh, Cherries in the Dark. Well, you know what? I'm going to start with a confession because for some reason when I was pouring it, I was thinking it was a stout. And when I said, oh, it looks like a lager, it's probably because it is a uh, a Belgian-style ale with cherries. And so I'm actually kind of glad of that because it's a lighter pour uh, and the cheese is not overly rich, but it's rich. And so I think a stout with it might be a little too much. Um, Mm. And what I'm finding with this, I I don't know if you noticed, I ran and got a new glass because I think I um, didn't rinse the other one out enough. So the the nose I got was palm olive. Um, So I I made a change. Not a standard Um, beer scent. Not not what I was expecting, Um, but it's a very nice sort of sweet nose. And um, it's, you know, it's a light and sweet ale. And then it finishes with sort of a little bit of a sour cherry for me. That's where the, the cherry comes in is at the finish. So I was curious to compare it with the Druid um, when Josh was talking about the sour fruit. You know, it's an interesting mix. And the cheese is um, very creamy and with a hint of sweetness. So it's mm. kind of a nice combination. I feel like the sweet and the sour kind of balance each other out. So I'm I'm enjoying it very much. Yeah, that sounds good. Saint, so Saint Andre is a really buttery kind of cheese. So if you've ever, it's a, it's in the Brie family. Mm-hmm. It's just from a specific. It's from Saint Andre, France, which is why uh, okay. where or Saint Saint Angel, not Saint, Saint Angel, Angel yeah, Saint Angel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's still it's from Saint Angel, France. And so you with those kind of soft rind ripened cheese, you get that lovely big butteriness that mm-hmm. kind of has that little bit of sweetness and that salty kind of little bit. Does that one have any kind of um, any funk on it because some of them will have some of the regional specific ones will have you know the funkiness of cheese no no it's just the the rind and the you know it's very smooth it's very not funky at all so no it's a it's it's a great one that like you know you do baked camembert baked brie you can also do baked saint andre with it yeah i think i mean i'm just thinking like that with like a like a warmed cherry sauce put, you know pour over top oh, cut it with a knife that sounds you know. great yeah like i say i just saw it in the grocery store and it was a nice soft already soft in the case and i was like hmm let's take it home and give it a try and now you know i've made a couple pilgrimages back to the same store to say like i must have more of this so yeah it's yeah. it's a new uh it's a nice new discovery and this is a nice beer to, to pair it with beer wonder well, 
I know. Yeah, yeah. I've got. Yeah, now that the finally settled. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it took a moment. We had to think about our lives. We had to have just a, a quick come together opportunity. But now the beer, thankfully, has settled down a little bit, and and now is truly showing its grapefruit form. Um, so this is uh, so uh, this it's it is a single hop varietal, uh, sort of like a juicy IPA kind of beer. It's also they're listing it in their tiny IPA category, so it's only at about four point five percent. So it's an easy drinker good sessionable beer since we're just highlighting this one hop and they're just trying to highlight the hop it just tastes like this rowaka hop which is a new zealand style hop very rare um made famous by our dear friends at hill farmstead and in fact one thing i love about um non sequitur is that they do kind of code label their beers so you probably can't see it but on the bottom of the beer it does say um mill farm bed as their little nod to our friends at hill farmstead so that's its code name. oh cute um yeah um but uh non sequitur is a fun one because they start uh they're contract brewers or at least they started as contract brewers and um one of the things that they do is that they list on every can where this was actually brewed and so this was brewed at uh keg and lantern which is a brewery that we've talked about here in my in the county of kings yeah um, i think i think that's where they did their um uh, black is beautiful beer also mm-hmm. Yep, and they've, they've done a couple of things around there, but I did want to make sure I highlight them this week because we just got an announcement from them that they are going to be opening up their location very soon. So Non Sequitur is going to show up in Bushwick, uh, likely in July is their current plan, and it will be not only an active brewery, but also a place where you can grab a beer, so tap room, as well as an event space. Um, and so they're known for their IPAs, and this is no exception. It's all just a nice, easy drinking grapefruit. Um, not a lot of that astringency, very fruity up front, um, just the slightest bit of, of that drying at the very, very end, juicy, light, really most of the, the flavor and the aroma is coming on your nose. So it's when you sniff it, you get most of what you're going to get, and then it dries your mouth out just a tiny bit at the end. So it's a good, easy, sessionable drinker, um, and a good way to highlight, highlight the Rowaka hop. So Excellent. Now, I, I know, Josh, I, I am, as, as, as folks know, I am deeply in love with IPAs and I will try as many different kinds as I can. Uh, particular fondness for the, the New England style IPA. I understand this is not your idea of a good time. You want to tell us, you want to tell us your side of the story here. Well, so for me, I, I think it goes all the way back to, I'm just a picky eater. So, mm. and I have never done the test, but I really feel like I'm one of those people that is the super taster. Mm-hmm. You know, can taste can taste some of those woody weird things that other people can't. I'm also a non cilantro guy, so cilantro ah. is a soap for me, yeah. uh, rather than a delicious topping to almost anything nowadays. So I think it kind of goes back to that where when I get into an IPA and even some of those really light session ones, I get I I, I have a hard time with the citrus. I usually mm. don't get citrus. I get the piney. I get the, mm-hmm. I'm walking through, you know, the ponderosa pine forest. Right. And then I face planted into a tree and I've got sap all over <laughs> my mouth. For a lot of them, that's kind of, that's kind of how you've it's. Just re- you've just recited my new favorite beer for the record. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's, so for me, that's how I get into, that's how I get a lot of them, a lot of them present to me on my palate. And there are very few very very few and far between where i can be like okay i can sit back and i can drink maybe two of these and one of them is the tommy knocker black ipa 
if you've mm. ever had that. It's I it's like the black IPAs. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. I've had that. Black, where, what's Tommyknocker? Where, where are they from? Uh, Tommyknocker's out of Colorado. Okay. So mm. if you if you've ever, I don't think it's uh, made it this far east. <laughs> oh man! If so, if you've ever been to Colorado and you've driven out to the mountains to ski, you know that's that's I seventy. As you're going into the into the I seventy Valley, one of those first towns right there is where Tommyknocker is. So it's still a full town. It's not a ghost town or anything. But it's a great it's a great stop off if you ever going out hmm. to the the Colorado mountains to ski if, ski if we ever can again after all this mm-hmm. mess. Um, so that one, and then uh, there was one from uh, Dixie Brewing out of New Orleans. Hmm. They had a a lighter hazy IPA, kind of like kind of like what you kind of what you're describing. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, okay, I could have one on the second one. It's going to start to wear on my palate. Cause those sit really heavy on me. Um, like a lot of people say stouts do. So for me, it's just, it's one of those beers that like I've tried. I mean, lost 40 one year did, um, they were doing, they do new beer releases every Monday or they used to before COVID hit. And they were just like five gallon boils that they would let their brewers just experiment with the heck out of. Well, they took their base. They took their base IPA for a month. And then they focused a hop. They focused a hop for each one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went every week. I dutifully drank the beer. And <laughs> it's intellectually, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I get why you love IPAs. I get the the play that they can have, the, the variety that is there that is available to the brewer with all these different kinds of hops. It just all comes back to a pine tree for me. <laughs> And the worst ones are a pine. Like it. Sometimes I get pine saw. Like actual. It reminds me of a clean, a clean floor with pine saw. And I know, I know, all the IPA drinkers are sitting there like, I am never going to listen to this guy talk about beer again. <laughs> Honestly, well, no, I'm, I'm kind, I'm kind of with you a little bit. I think more so with the West Coast IPAs. I don't know if any of the uh, New England IPAs have made it. That, I mean, I imagine the hazy IPAs are so popular. You must have gotten a few of them in Arkansas by now. Yeah, we've had a couple, and also, you know, bre- our breweries are doing them as well. Yeah. And so, like, I, I get, so I still, like, it still kind of hits me that, like, I get uh, the citrus is there, but it's still just yeah. that final pininess. Well, I, uh, I think that's a nice little preview uh, to segue into what we're going to talk about. Now, I realize that uh, uh, Josh has listened to a few of these, uh, but uh, neither he nor maybe some of the new people who are coming to us who are uh, listeners uh, of Josh's podcast. Uh, once we decided to call ourselves the Beer Avengers, we sort of reverse engineered uh, how it would be. We, of course, we gave ourselves Beer Avenger names. And when you're watching a superhero, uh, well, there, there are all two different kinds of superhero movies. There's the kind that are part of the continuing story. And then there are the ones that go back to the beginning of when that that character became that character, when they first put on the uniform for the first time. And in the world of comic books, that is known as the... That's right. It's known as the origin story, um, and uh, and and so now we would actually like to sort of uh, find out how Josh uh, became. Uh, well, actually, Josh, tell the truth. Tell you the truth. You are this is part of your origin story right now, since you don't have a beer avenger name yet. This right. is the last chapter in your origin story. Um, and where we usually start these is, do you remember when when your first positive or negative or whatever interaction with beer first started? So my, fir- my first interaction with beer was a negative. 
my dad a homebrewed when I was growing up. We got him a homebrewing. He got a homebrewing kit, loved it. The thing was, he cooked in the house, and it made the this the house smell like a the worst sour smell that I could I could ever imagine. Like the, the smell to me was just like the worst thing ever. I would run out of the house and be like, "I'm leaving, bye." And I'm like you know, <laughs> seven or eight at this point. You know, I'd go find lotion and I would smell the lotion rather than you know kind of smelling the beer that was brewing in the house. So, like my first kind of my first connotation with beer was actually a negative one. Uh, we ended up buying him a turkey fryer so he could you know cook out of the house and or brew out of the house. And then as I was growing up, it alcohol was always kind of around, um, you know, mm. cocktail culture with my parents and, you know, my dad or my mom's family. Uh, I helped out. Don't tell anyone. I helped out behind the bar since I was about six. You know, I've known how to make a gin and tonic <laughs> for a job. long time. I mean, gin and tonic and a tip jar. And it would always, my grandfather would always prime the tip jar with like a $20 bill. So I was always, I was always there helping out. And so alcohol was never one of those things that was like, Ooh, I need to go get into this when I get old enough. It's the, it's the forbidden fruit. (laughs) So, so I, you know, when I kind of got into, you know, teenage years, I was an athlete and my sister was like, you know, you may not want to get into the alcohol scene. You don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to, you know, lose any possible athletic stuff you may have. So I just, I never really got into it. And then I made the decision. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to wait till I'm 21. Hmm. It's not a big deal. It's not something that I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to go get this right now. <laughs> so uh, I went to a pretty, I went to a, a very strict college uh, based on my choice. Cause I'm a, I'm an educator by trade and they had one of the best uh, local education programs around, hmm. <clears throat> but I just so happened to turn 21 while I was doing an overseas campus in Italy. And so food food and wine had always been a thing for me. You know, I thought about going to culinary school for a while and I just kind of, I, I had this feeling like there's something magic about when food and wine can come together. I'd seen it from parties at my parents' house. You kind of read about it when you're reading in the food. Like as a kid, I read cookbooks rather than fiction books. I love, (laughs) still love to cook to this day. Uh, But my sister came over for one of my free travels, which was uh, my birthday week. Mm. And we went to Venice and did kind of a whole, a whole Venice and Milan trip. And on my 21st birthday, I had probably first beer that I can really say, like I remember drinking a beer and it was a Guinness. Guinness, oh. Guinness was my first beer. It's my, my, my dad drank it. I'd seen it around for a long time and I just kind of loved it. Tried a gin and tonic too, because that's the family drink. Realized <laughs> I'm not a gin guy. <laughs> So, um, but I also had an experience with wine while I was there. And on one of our podcasts with my friend Maggie, uh, we talk about our first like food and wine pairing experience. And so I kind of go into that where I just had this aha moment when it came to wine. That's where I started my wine journey. Mm. But beer, beer was a little bit different for me. You know, I I mean, Guinness was good. You know, I didn't really kind of get into it until later where I started kind of more in my personal journey of, of getting into the food and the alcohol industry. So I, I started doing it. Like I said, you know, lost 40 was one of the breweries that one of our breweries that opened up around here. And I just went as a kind of a ritual on Mondays. I go have the fresh cut right after work and kind of 
got into it that way. I'd been trying to, uh, you know, other little beers here and there, you know, with friends and, but it was mostly for me, it was mostly wine and cocktail or wine and liquor. When when, when did Lost 40 start up? They started up in 2000. Oh, geez. I'd have, let me look it up real quick. They started, I think in the, uh, 2010s. Okay. So, so like they've been good. It sounds like they got in pretty early when craft beer started taking off. Yeah, especially in Arkansas. They were the second second or third craft brewery in in and around Arkansas. You know, we we've we've had one for a long time that was called um it's called uh Diamond Bear that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. And but Lost Forty came up. They were kind of one of the first ones to really like hit it hard. And so they're backed by a local uh one of our local big uh food uh, food and beverage groups. So they yeah. kind of hit it hard and went, they went full, full bore into it and, you know, jump production for a long time. And they kind of really, they were the first, I guess you could say like modern craft or modern craft beer uh, place in central Arkansas. But so I started going there and kind of as a ritual and that kind of, you know, really got me into it. Um, I guess you could say the, the beers that got me into beer were Oktoberfests. Uh, oh. I love a good Oktoberfest. I cannot oh, yeah. wait. Mm-hmm. Those are great for you know. Well, now it's like August when they start hitting. Maybe right. a little earlier. Sure. <laughs> Whenever true. I see Marzen on a menu and I'm going for beer, I'm like, yes, I'm yeah. going to go for that one. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of my gateway beer that got me into really good big craft beer. And ever since then, I've just been kind of keep going. And I worked. So, like I said, I'm a I'm a teacher by trade. It's kind of one of the things I just do naturally talk about things kind of can take big concept ideas and break it down. So I, and I was like, okay, I have this itch for food and wine. So I started working as a, as a third job at this point at a local wine bar one night a week, you know, Hmm. I'd go work Saturday nights and for any of our international listeners uh, in America, Teachers have to take extra jobs because that's how undervalued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, true. yeah, it was, you know, it was one of those things. But for me, it was like, okay, I'm excited to go to this job because I had gone to their wine tastings, which they did on Monday nights. So I would go from Lost 40 drinking beer and then I would go to Crush, the wine bar I worked at, and have, you know, wine, you know, do a wine flight and just, you know, I'd get ham- Monday night was my hammered night. <laughs> Tuesday was an easy day at school, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, so and after a while, the owner and I kind of sparked up a friendship. He's like, hey, you know, my Saturday person just left. Do you want to work here just one day a week on Saturdays? So I was like, awesome. Yeah, sure. Now, you may think, okay, how does a how does a little wine bar in, in North Dark, Arkansas, you know, get into your beer, beer life? He has been voted for uh, best beer list. At a lot of places, he has about mm. forty. He runs about forty different candor bottle beers on his wine bar menu. Wow! At a time. So he and he knows that you know, you know, the lady may come in for the wine. The guy may not want wine. He might want some beer. Opposite. So mm-hmm. he always wants to have stuff for people to go. So in that, I got to start trying stuff, and he allowed me to taste with distributors and kind of get into it. So you know, I had I had a shift in my job. And I was taking some tests for wine called the quartermaster sommelier exams. And I took one in Montana 
and I didn't I didn't pass, which doesn't matter. Got me to Montana, which is beautiful country, by the way. Mm-hmm. Ever get up there? Definitely, definitely give it a try. Well, and then after I was there, I sparked up a friendship with one of the guys that was there, and we. I was like, hey, if you ever, if anything ever comes up at the place where you work, it's called the Yellowstone Club. It's like, let me know. High end, you know, high end ski resort, actually a private ski resort uh, that has multiple, multiple restaurants on it. He's like, oh yeah, I'll let you know. Well, he m- mailed me, and I got offered a job to be a, a floor sommelier out in Montana. Nice. So cool. when, it was like, okay, I've got to try. I've got to try my hand at the food and wine beverage and the food and wine industry. I'm going to just jump in 100%, you know, quit my job, moved out there, realized while it was beautiful, I didn't have my tribe there. I didn't have anybody that I really knew. So I decided to move back to Arkansas, got back in the education game. And my dad and I, we we loved doing this kind of stuff, talking to people about food Uh and wine and beer and then the food piece. So we started a kind of a volunteer company called Argenta Acquired Tastings because uh, mm, that was okay. the neighborhood that I lived in in North Little Rock that I absolutely loved. And what we would do is we would create pairing experiences for people. So if you could hire us and say, okay, I want a six-course wine-paired dinner, and we would do it all for you. We cool. also we also donated these events to local charities, whereas actually where we got most of our exposure. So we would do these, and we did around the world and ate beers. We did um, we did a three uh, three course dinner with three pairings at each course uh, to kind of show hmm. that diversity. So we we fell in love with this kind of work. I've talked about the interesting laws we have here in arkansas yeah (laughs) and especially liquor licenses and we could not figure out how to make it a legal business without having a brick and mortar space Hmm. so we ended up you know stopping it and how 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 long were you doing it until you hit that wall doing it maybe about a year okay year year and a half so we had we had given away uh four or five events and we did maybe one or two paid events. Um, so it just, it came down to like, you know, the cooking and then the actual purchasing of the alcohol mm. and selling it, you know, technically uh, just became kind of an interesting, you know, a problem we couldn't solve without a lot more money behind us to figure it out. So we decided, you know, it's, it's not worth it. It's fun, but it's not, we can't, we can't really make it viable right now. So that was about, three let's say three years ago that that stopped Mm -hmm. ever since then you know i was a big podcast guy loved listening to the podcast i love listening to spoken word you know books on tape all that kind of stuff and i kept telling my dad like dad we should totally do this we should do what we did in a smaller format on podcasts because i think people would really enjoy hearing and learning about it, but also the pairing piece. Cause a lot of times you don't know, like working in a restaurant and working at a wine bar. I mean, in, unless you study it, you don't know what goes with what. So you're just kind of mm-hmm. blindly guessing. And we don't have a lot of uh, full-time sommeliers or uh, Cicerones in restaurants here in Arkansas. So I was like, this is, this would be awesome. We could totally do this, talk about it. 
you know, I'm hounding him for about two and a half years about this. <laughs> Dad, we should do this. Dad, we should do this. Dad, we should do this. And, and then there was a pandemic. And <laughs> then one of the good things that come out of the pandemic was, <laughs> was, was this. Because my dad and my mom love to travel. And mm. I, I love to travel, too. I've been to multiple different wine regions. We traveled as a, as a kid. My sister in September will um, reach uh, visiting all seven continents. So, oh, wow. nice. so we are a, we're a big travel family. And my mom used to work for Delta, so she still has the flight benefits. So they're gone a, a week or two, eight months out of the year. Just because they can. They're retired, having all that fun. But now they can't. And my dad's bored. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. There sure is. And so I, I finally, but I, I bug him for two or three months. I was like, Dad, we could totally do this. I give you something to do, and it's fun. We can hang out. We can start recording stories together. And that was also kind of a background thing for me. Is you know, I've had a you know, grandparents and those kind of people die, and I was like, man, I miss having their stories on on tape. So I was mm. like, this gives me a good thing where I can sit down with my dad, get some of the stories. If you've ever listened to the podcast, you're here, we'll, we'll get into story. You know, oh, dad will tell a story oh, yeah. or something, or I'll tell one. But getting the, getting those down and recorded. Could I just know, say, I, I, I rather enjoyed the story of his exploding beer when he first tried to homebrew. Oh, and when he said, if you hadn't hit the ceiling, <laughs> you haven't tried to homebrew. <laughs> yeah, and mom was so mad. We should <laughs> So mad. so mad and we you know we at that time we were living in kansas city and we had a basement yeah and they were thinking oh why don't we uh we should finish we should finish the basement because that was a big thing back in the you know late 90s early 2000s yeah. was if you had a basement you finished it and then dad blew up his beer down there and mom's like nope and now you have the story recorded thanks to the podcast yeah. so that's great yeah and so you know, that's kind of, that was one of the big things, but also it's just, it's to get it out there. You know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a natural teacher. I love, mm -hmm. I love talking about this kind of stuff. I love doing pairings. I love food. I love creating food. I love creating those experiences for people or helping them to create those experiences. And, you know, I was like, this is, this is fantastic for what we have now. Since we can't do this in person, why not do it in another format? And so we've jumped in we've jumped in full bore. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is going to be released on a Monday. So the, the Thursday, cause we release on Thursday, Thursday every week, that will be our 40, our 44th episode. So we haven't wow. even been going a year yet, but we've been, we've been, you know, just dump, jumping straight in, having all the mistakes that you do when you start a podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, we know that we, we, we're a little familiar. <laughs> well, and you know, for us, you know, we do these pairings and, you know, if you've listened to our recent episodes, you, you kind of, you see like we're pretty regimented. You know, we have three things with mm -hmm. our food, man. At the beginning, it was like, we had like six or seven things each plus the drink. And we were like, how do we fit this in around about an hour? And we just, what we realized we're like, okay, a, we're spending a whole bunch of money making these big, beautiful plates for two of us. And most of the food's left over. And so we're like, okay, we got to, we got to pare this down and kind of make it work. And so uh, that's kind of, you know, how we got here. And I just, I love it. I, I'm very excited to see, you know, kind of the expansion of what we've done 
you know, watching, seeing new countries pop up that are listening to us you know that's always crazy yeah like who's listening in the netherlands (laughs) like at one point i looked i was like lithuania bangladesh what we got an episode in bangladesh how how is this happening and then you know chatting with people through instagram about it and it's just it's it's fantastic and i I love if we're starting here it can only go up and And it it sounds to me josh that the uh from listening to a few of the episodes that your dad's enjoying it just as much as you are that uh, mm-hmm. he, he sees that like, oh yeah, this was a great idea you had. Yeah, he yeah. finally, so my, my dad is one of those ones, he's, an, he's got to think about it. He's an engineer. <laughs> so well, if you know too. engineers, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you know that they've, they've got to sit and marinate on it for a while and sit and chew and chew and chew and do all the, run all the scenarios in his head because before he, before he retired, he was working with a division that would basically say, okay, this power plant wants to join our big power grid here. Let's run all the scenarios to see what's going to happen. If this blows up, if one line goes down, how we, and so Mm -hmm. that was his, that was what he did for, you know, three or four years before he retired. So he still has that, that mindset, but I'm, I'm super glad he's done it. And he, he loves it. He really, he really does enjoy, enjoy it. And he's, he's our editor. Ah. He he also loves that meticulous side of it to kind of go through now when he's out of town, I edit, and that may be why it's not as crisp or clean as him, <laughs> you know, because I'm still working and he's retired. <laughs> so, but it's a, it's been a great experience. And, you know, I mean, heck, I would have never met you guys if we would have never done this before. Yeah, and that's heck, true. Know, all this uh, fantasticness going on. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a little cool. behind you. This is episode 31 we're doing right now. So, but so uh, we're definitely taking some tips from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah I, it's funny. I've, I've cherry picked a few of your episodes here and there. Somehow I managed to get both of the ones where you mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned us more than twice, but both like a couple of times when you talked about us at the end, I was like, Oh, that's what a, what a nice surprise. Yeah. Uh, but uh, well, here's the funny thing. Like, so are you actually teaching in a school right now? So I work at a school. I'm not currently teaching. I'm the director of assessment and technology. Now mm. I'm technology kind of nerd when it comes to teaching. So I'm not actually teaching, but I am in school every day, and especially right now because it's testing. physically in the and, school. And what grade level are you, Josh? What grade levels? So our school runs uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. Okay. Oh wow. But but you're have you been? Was there a point in the pandemic where you weren't going into the building so much? <clears throat> yeah. So we shut down uh, two days before our spring break last year, Oof. and they were thinking, oh, okay, you know, we'll we'll just kind of knock it out. We'll have the week of spring break. We'll be out the next week. And then we didn't come back until August. Okay. And so we were out all the way through the end of or kind of the middle, middle-ish of August. And we've actually been back in the building since then. We have a lot of different protocols in place for safety, groups not crossing, six feet apart, all that jazz, masks. And we do have virtual kids as well. The reason I ask that is because uh... – my life is almost completely virtual still all this time later right now. And the, and I, I, every time I discover a new podcast, I have to just do sampling because all the time when I used to listen to podcasts don't exist anymore. Trains. It was either, it was, it was yeah. either while I was on in public transportation or going to the gym. And now it's like, it's very hard for me to listen to a podcast if I don't have some other mindless task to occupy me. Yeah. But so that otherwise I probably would have listened to more of your episodes by now. Right. And that's one of the things like we talk about a lot in our podcast. It's like, so yes, our pod, we understand that podcasts are 
I'm, I'm, for lack of a better term, a, a mindless listen. You know, you're doing something. You're doing something else. You're you're driving. You're walking. You're in a car. Uh, but we talked a lot about. So ours, you can sit down and like do it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you know, sit with us, listen to it, kind of make it make an event out of it. You know, because it's so hard with the pandemic to you know have that sense of well, I'm doing something fun, but I'm still in my house. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we we try and have that kind of thing to where you can where you can listen along to us. I actually have a friend of mine who listens uh, every episode. Him and his family um, got together and did like our champagne episode, which was right around mm-hmm. the holidays. And they bought everything and sat and they talked. For, he told me like, we opened the bottles, listened to you guys. And then, you know, we ended up talking too much. So they turned us off, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> which I, mean, I, I, I get. You know, is is you that get, part of the you're re- getting into sparkling wine, you, you kind of get into that. Is that part of the reason why you announce before every show exactly what's going to be on the next show? Yeah, That's so smart. we ca- we want to give you want to give you that kind of hey, okay, well, I can go buy this and be ready. Now we don't we don't release the pairings uh, out front anymore because uh, we like to think about it a little bit more. But we're really good on Instagram about putting out what the pairings are. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. So that you know they're out there the same day of release. So if you're you know coming home or if you're thinking about doing it the next day, you know Friday night you know, your Friday night thing, all those are there for you. So you can kind of, you kind of build your plate as you go and be prepared to sit down and listen with us. And yeah. so it's, it's been lots of fun. What I appreciated. And, and I mentioned this when I was here before that, um, you know, you talk about some great beers, wines and different products and, and they're Arkansas based. And I think, Oh gosh, that's too bad. I'm not there. And, but what I like is that you say, if you're not in this area, you can go get this and play along with us. And so that's really nice. So you can sort of find the version in your area that's comparable to what I could yeah, find we, down in Little Rock. Right. Yeah. We really love supporting our local, you know, especially our local breweries around here. Sure. And we actually had to have a discussion at one point. We're like, okay, we both can't do local beers. <laughs> if one of us is doing a local <laughs> beer, somebody's got to do a more nationally distributed beer. But yeah, right. we, you know, we, we do want to make sure that you can, whether, you know, we understand as Arkansans that sometimes distributing sucks, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what you get is not everything that you want. So we want right. in keeping that you want to have a good experience. We try and help find those things that may be more widely distributed or that your right. local brewery is doing. Right. So still support right. Them. If it's a similar style, then that's, you know, similar yeah. enough that you can, you can pair it with. Right. Well, I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just one thing. I uh, one of the things I love, and, and the fact that you've like the, the way that a person can actually join in on this experience, I just think is so magical, and that's such right. a cool thing, especially in the time that we're all so apart. But the other thing that I think is so cool about what you guys do is the the way that you have of describing what you're tasting. You know, food is not a, an auditory experience usually. I mean, the crunches are nice and stuff, right? But but the the, the tasting is is something that you guys use words to really paint that picture, and um. And I'm just curious, I often find that people struggle to talk about food. And for folks at home who might be like, I don't know how to describe this thing. I don't know how to describe this wine or beer or whatever they're drinking. How, how, what, what do you suggest people do if they're just trying to figure out ways to talk about what they're eating or drinking and tasting? So as, when it comes to drinking, uh, there are a lot of th- things out there called wheels. So there's a, there's a beer wheel that's out there. Mm-hmm. There's a wine wheel that's out there. 
And what it does is it, it starts you in the middle and it starts you really general. I said, so for mm-hmm. wine, let's say you're, you're drinking and you taste fruity. Okay. So then you're okay. I'm going to this wedge now where it says fruity. And then you can take another drink and you, then it has more descriptive after that. And so you can start thinking about it to kind of figure it out that way. And then mm-hmm. honestly, when it comes to food, I kind of pull from, pull from my wine and beer and spirits knowledge, you know, sure. if I'm tasting this here, okay, I should kind of taste this here and yeah. just learning to think while you eat or drink is a big thing. You know, in the education world, we call that, we call it metacognition. So thinking about your thinking and right. it, it just, it's a, it's a, like a muscle. You have to practice doing it and you're going, you're going to sound weird when you start i know mm-hmm. i sound so weird sometimes because i will describe taste as color and people are like what are you talking about it's like oh <laughs> syrah big bold syrah to me tastes purple and it it's the weirdest thing but mm-hmm. you just have to kind of just dig it and say okay this is what i'm tasting this is what i'm feeling this is how i'm experiencing this wine or this beer this food even you know beef you know does it taste really beefy does it taste like grassy? Does it taste, what are you tasting in it? And getting that thinking about it, it's kind of where you have to start <clears throat> to just give yourself that, that language and nobody's language is the same. So, mm-hmm. and nobody, just like nobody's palate's the same. So you and I could be drinking the same beer and I, you may say, Oh, it's so bright citrusy. And I'm like, well, there's a little bit of citrus there, but I'm getting a lot of, you know, pine cone here or, you know, those type of things. So it's, and it's really just saying, okay, forget you. This is what I'm tasting. This is just yeah. how I'm going to talk about it. And just being open and honest to to do that, once you just once you get into that abandon of it, you just start to kind of kind of go off about it. And the more you taste things, the more and you think about it, you'll start to get that more refined discussion piece of it. All right. Well, I don't know what color this is, but it, uh, I'm actually ready for a second pour. I'm, uh, oh my goodness! It's it's Whoa. it hasn't been cellaring for long, at least where I live. Uh, so I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna ask Huck to play that song. Uh, he's uh, he's he, he's he's done enough without actually speaking this week already. Uh, but he's he feel like he's here nonetheless. Um, but I uh, since our guest uh, is 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 seeing our world here, I did want to have one beer that's hyper local. And uh, this is from Big Alice. Uh, in oh. fact, uh, Beer Wonder, you and uh, Belgian Babe were with me when I picked this oh, up. Dear. It's ah. called A Ship in Harbor. Ah. It is yeah. an aged stout from Big Alice. Uh, mm. It's a special one, so it's got one of these things on top of it. And uh, <laughs> there we go. We always know that always adds a little extra time to the pour. Uh, but there Just we go. All right. It's a 10.5 kind of percenter. Yeah. Oh, bless it. The 2020 vintage. Oh boy! That's I'm literally pouring yeah. motor oil right there. I want that beer. Yeah. <laughs> right like, I, I feel like that one. Jam. That one yeah. they may not allow uh, to to get cross state lines. I'm afraid. So no, not unless we were uh, you know using your dad's Delta miles and packing it in the in the checked yeah. luggage. There you go. It's I not a, it's not a big, big head on that either. Case of wine. You're right. It's not. Yeah. Well, it's an imperial stout. So often those are ah, muted. And it's also okay. it's it's uh, even though it hasn't been aging here here long, it does say if you can see that vintage 2020 right there on the label. I see. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I don't see actually it. see it, but I believe no, you it. can't. But it, believe yeah. it. Yeah, I'll, I believe I'll you. Save it and show it to you later. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm gonna have to bring my big wine. So I have a 
so I travel a lot when I go to wine regions, and mm. I actually have a big like rolly that can hold a case of wine. Ooh. Nice like, shipping box and f- foam and everything, and it's got wheels. So I may have to come up there and you know. St- I, you know I think you might take some take some I, beer back. I was recently starting to research that because since uh, since I've been double vaccinated and my father has as well. My dad's in Ohio, um, okay. and I haven't seen him for over a year, and uh, and, and I wanted to. Oh, I am actually flying Delta. Uh, not that there's any clicks for Delta. Not they're giving us anything. Fly yet. Delta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they. If you like. I mean, if you like. I just. We, we I just. No piece of it, but you can't. I just flew Delta from my my you know field reporting in Wisconsin, yeah. uh, and, and I it had a fantastic time with them. So we seem to be a pro Delta. Well, I wonder right if they're like we ha- actually happened to mention them last week because it was the 420 episode, and they have Sweetwater 420 uh, available on the in flight. Which That's I, true. Huck yep. Last week. Maybe they're the only ones who are doing really good nonstop flights these days because it's funny because I used to be able to fly nonstop uh, from LaGuardia uh, to Dayton. That's where my dad is. Uh, Could fly to Dayton nonstop on American. But now the closest I can get to a nonstop is flying Delta to Cincinnati. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's one of of Delta's old old hubs. So that's why you get a nice quick flight there. Yeah. yeah, I, I, and I'm sure that the, the thing with American not doing their nonstop to Dayton anymore just has to do with how they've been cutting back the last year. So are you planning uh, to uh, bring some sort of uh, alcohol well, carrying I, luggage? Well, what I did was I, I – it's one of those things where I signed <clears> up for the – you know, the deal where if you signed up for the free ca- credit card, uh, you get a free checked bag. Mm-hmm. As long as you remember mm-hmm. to cancel it within a year, uh, that sort of thing. Um, then they start charging for the card. Uh, so I, I did that specifically – because I could, I'm only staying there a week. I could have managed with a with a with a carry on bag, but I did that specifically so I could take a checked bag to bring Ohio beer back with me. Nice. That's yeah. So a trick. I'll tell I'll tell you the, a a packing trick. You Ooh. know those like uh, square sound reducing foam things they they sell. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. for cheap. Buy you know, like Amazon yourself a bunch of those. They don't weigh much of anything. They compact really well, but they've got the with the V cut. It's going to give you actually good support if you kind of sandwich them to pack to pack something in that so it won't kind of move around. It kind of gives you that yeah. that hard that hard foam feeling without paying for like hard cut foam. And then nice. when I get back from my trip, I can use it to upgrade my home studio. There you go. <laughs> Multi-purpose. Save, uh, reduce, reuse, and recycle. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of our friends at uh, Big Alice, I did want to throw in a quick plug for a weekend beer adventure that is starting and only appropriate that our friends required tastings are here um, because um, our good friends at Big Alice Brewing are hosting a virtual beer and cheese pairing uh, ah. with our friends at Malt and Mold, which is a local cheese shop. Uh, oh, yeah, they, they're great. They're, they're Gramercy location. And so if you head over to um, uh, Big Alice's website, you can purchase uh a uh a pack and you can head over to either big alice or i believe it's uh or you can head over to the grammar receiver location for molten mold pick it up and then one of their uh beer tenders um mary hannah who is a certified cicerone and a just delightful human being will be hosting a virtual pairing um no news on what you're drinking but you know we we love to support two small businesses and love to to have uh you know to be able to support them on a week that we've got someone who does pairings yeah that's for, awesome. for pro here very timely yeah. by the way malt and mold is a fantastic name for a shop so I'm <laughs> oh, most a definitely cheese, a cheese and beer shop oh yes 100 oh, yeah. percent. That's, that's a beautiful name for a shop yeah and they have they have a wild selection i have i have 
not the, the location that I went to was their Lower East Side location and their, their owner was there. And I guess technically I wasn't supposed to drink a beer in the shop because they didn't have the right licensure, but we had a great time together, uh, chatted up the whole thing. He had a bunch of really cool cheeses there. Can't, can't speak more highly of them than, than they've got going on. So check them out, grab some cheese, grab some beer and join Mary Hannah, who is amazing. Uh, and let her tell you what you should be pairing. Excellent. And I was, as long as we're talking about weekend beer news on Big Alice, uh, I, I just noticed it on Instagram a couple of days ago. Uh, we, we talked a while back about how they're opening up a new facility in the Finger Lakes uh, and it, in uh, Geneva, New York, on, on the shores of beautiful, beautiful Seneca Lake. They are opening on May 1st. They're having their grand opening wow. on May 1st. Wow. So just days after this podcast comes out. That's nice. exciting. Or days before. before. Days after we're but- talking. Because this podcast yes, comes out on the May before, 3rd. Yes, exactly. That's right. Even though I told Josh it was May The 2nd. wonders of technology. I know. I was like, I was trying to do the math. I was trying to do the math in my head. I didn't look on a physical calendar. Like, I think that's the second. Like, And uh, Belgian cool. made correct me. Yes, it was the third. But, but, uh, <laughs> May I uh, give a shout out to hopefully a week in beer to be, as we do beer vendors mm-hmm. to be. Because um, we are here because I am a friend of... Josh's aunt, or he probably says aunt, Tina. Um, and uh, she and I are in the borough of, of Queens in the neighborhood of Woodside and Solid State continues to be a lovely craft beer bar here in the neighborhood. We have met there a few times and uh, they're you know taking temperatures as you go in, making sure you're in your isolated areas and it's very safe and very wonderful. So um, she and I are now both uh, thoroughly vaccinated. So I look forward to going there again and spending more time and uh, supporting Solid State. They are a, a great local business. That's right. By the time this comes out, you and I will both be past our fully vac- vaccinated date. I didn't actually invite you, but you could come too. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't say I wanted to. I was just saying, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I'm saying that's your day. My day is the day before. I actually think I'll go do something with Beer Wonder without you on the day that my vaccination. Oh, I walked into that one. I sure did. Yeah, what are you doing on Friday afternoon, Beer Wonder? I mean, we'll figure something out. And Josh, if you can hop on a Delta flight over, you are more than welcome to hang out. Yeah, I got a guest room. I might. I might have to to get on a flight right right now. There you go. Um, Now, one thing I I don't know if we have other weekend beer news, but we we do have a weekend Beer Avengers thing to do, which is... uh, I think I think Josh needs a name. Yeah, a beer vendor name. We've heard we've heard a lot about his story. Now, I I, I had one question about Italy, but we can get to that in a moment. I, okay. I think we have to like sort of. I, I will no, actually, I want to ask you this now because yeah. I'm just curious. So you said you turned 21 in Italy. Mm-hmm. How long had you been in Italy at that point? I had been in Italy for two and a half months. Okay, so you had decided only... since since you'd waited that long, even though that meant because you were legal. If my math is right, Italy isn't twenty one, right? So you were legal from the time you got there in Italy. Right. But yeah. you 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 had you had so much settled yourself on that being your symbolic. Now I am a beer. Now I'm an, an alcohol drinking person. You decided to to wait wait the two and a half months for the ceremony. Yeah. Besides the one time when we were we were in a little like back alley back alley restaurant because i would wander around and find find those kind of places large group of us sitting down have a fantastic dinner waiting for the check waiter comes out with these glasses like a tray full of 
you know, like old fashioned glasses with this like light amber liqueur in it and sets it down and you get that wonderful waff of almond and it was house made amaretto rather than dessert. Oh. And be- because of the people I was with <laughs> wow. and, and some of the situations that, of the university I was at, uh, rather than sitting there for two hours and drinking it, I got everybody out of there by being the first one just to shoot it all the way down just so that we could get out of there. But yeah, so basically okay. that was my, it was, I, I waited for my choice. Yeah. It's uh, it's you, you won't be surprised to hear that uh, drinking age has factored into a number of origin stories. <laughs> I bet. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah. So thinking a little bit about what you've told us you like and some of the kind of interesting funky flavors, some of the good, deep, rich malts, I was curious. So how, how do you feel? What is your take on Belgian? I know we have a Belgian thing going on, but I have a different direction potentially to go here. Okay. What's your take on Belgians, Josh? I love Belgian beers. Okay. I, love, I love them all the way from a great Sasson to put a quad or something really big, big bowl, bowl in front of me. Mm-hmm. Love them all. Love the big, nice. big malt, big yeast profile that they get. I love them. Nice. Cause I'm here. We have not, we have had plenty of discussions of Belgians. We've had, we have our globe hopper who, you know, enjoys very, home- very much into stouts as well. And very much into stouts, yeah. But for me, I was thinking we haven't had anyone represent for more of the the, the uniqueness that comes out of our yeast friends, which would be esters and phenols. Mm. So I was wondering if there's a if there's something to be done in that characteristic. Uh, but I'd want to make sure that those are flavorings and those are elements that that sort of jive with you. Yeah, well, I mean, and esters and phenols are big when it comes to wine mm-hmm. as well. And also, we could factor the region in here, possibly. That that could be a factor in the name as well. The Arkansas uh, thing. Or the Uh, Southern thing. Yeah, I mean, if we needed a nickname for your dad, we'd just call him the Arkansas Traveler. But that's the easy one. So next time he comes on, he's already got his name already. Yeah. See, clearly, where, clearly, clearly, Huck is the best one of all of us at getting this discussion going. Huck and, is always very good at these kind of things. Like usually, but, he, he we talk about it for about five minutes, but usually the first thing that comes out of his mouth is the ones we want when we wind up using. Um, yeah. So what about I mean, you ask questions, maybe fill out fill out a theory. You got going running around there, or maybe start an Instagram contest. I was going to uh, say I could te- I could text Huck. Um, what should it be? <laughs> yes. Well, thinking through it, we've got um, no. It's a dark beer, so there's. I'm thinking Southern Tier, and if something could, like not Southern beer, Southern. <gasps> well, it doesn't have to be Southern. I, I no, grew it doesn't. Up most it doesn't. Of my life in the Midwest, so. Oh yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Kansas. I grew up most of my life around Kansas City. Okay. Ah. All right. Home of hmm. Perennial. And Boulevard. Oh yeah, excellent. Boulevard. Yeah, yeah. We featured a few of the perennial stuff on here. The uh, fact. Uh, do you ever do you ever order stuff from Tavor? I don't know if they're allowed uh, to deliver to Arkansas. They're probably they're probably not allowed to deliver here. They're basically they're 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 a deliver they're a, a, a like a a company that will send you things that you can't get where you live. Oh, I've told, but some really some some it. states are so protective of their bre- their home breweries they don't right. want that to happen. Uh, See, like in Ohio, the, yeah, they're not protected of the breweries; they're protected of P 
people not drinking. That's what it is around here. Oh, there's that kind of puritanical. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, because yeah. we still have we still have wet and dry counties. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think I knew that. I I, li- I lived in Memphis for a couple of years. Um, yeah, because right across the river in Memphis, if you go just north enough, there you're in a dry county, and there's probably more dry counties than wet counties in Arkansas. But and and also growing up in Southern Ohio, I was really near where some where there were strange borders there as well, uh, mm. because Cincinnati was incredibly puritanical. Uh, I mean, probably probably though that attitude is probably still there, but they had yeah. so many obscenity kind of laws and blue laws. <sighs> That uh, apparently right over the river in Kentucky, things were crazy because that's oh, where everyone yeah. went to have fun. Uh, well, in fact, you know what uh, Larry Flint, Two Life Crew, and Robert Maplethorpe all have in common? No. They were all prosecuted for obscenity in, uh, in Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, we still have blue laws where you can't buy alcohol on a Sunday unless it comes from a brewery. You know, well, now, I, I should ask you, do you have any uh, ideas uh, for for names, Josh? Have you, have I you, have actually you thought don't. about this at all? I don't. You know, I, I wasn't a big superhero guy growing up, so I'm, I'm open to anything anything it could be. Well, for me, there is – I'm, I'm thinking now because also you have this innate ability to, to break things down. There, you, can, you can pair things up for people. You can really create these things. So there's like, an, an, there's, a, there's like a genius quality. There's like a mastermind feeling here. So a part of me wants you to be something like the, the Esther genius. or Oh, the Belgian babe's got a good one. I don't know. Oh, it's really? just a thought. It's only, it's it, only it, my it's only my beard hair that's red. Okay. Okay. Because okay. I was thinking I was thinking the educator earlier, and then I'm just looking and I'm like, wait, it's kind of red. The red educator. I don't know. Yeah, that's just that's, that's spitballing. Spitballing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything up here is either gray or just dirty. <laughs> <laughs> dirty. That's funny because no, that my stuff pretty much stayed brown on top. But this is where I got all the all the. No. Aging. So I've got two. I've got two white stripes that run down. So my beard is. I call it white stripes. I was going to say, like the, the band. Nice. The, the, fear, fe, the fearless phenologist. The. Ooh. Champion. The, the. I mean, you also have the, hmm. the pairing idea that you could play with. The pairing so idea, yeah. <gasps> Interesting. Ooh. Throwing in the pairing. The something pairer. The. Or the pairing. We'll, 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 we'll figure out something. It may not be before the end of the podcast, but we will figure out something. We will. We'll definitely, if worst case scenario, we'll have to, we'll put it to a, an Instagram vote. Yeah. And if people want to follow, uh, if they want to learn more um, about Acquired Tastings, perhaps on the Instagrams, where should they look? So on Instagram, we are at Acquired Tastings. And, you know, we're on all the podcast platforms. Uh, Instagram is really the best place to follow us. You can follow us on Facebook. Um, we're Acquired Tastings on Facebook. Twitter is basically just a byproduct of what we put on Instagram. So Instagram is really, really our big thing. That's where we will post all the stories and we'll archive the stories for all of our pairings and wines and beers and everything that we do there. The photographs are gorgeous. I don't know who takes your yeah. photos, but they're really beautiful. Well, thank you. That's makes, me. Hey, hey. Makes me hungry every time I scroll through <laughs> for sure. Well, that's, you know, that's kind of the downfall of like all my friends that listen, they're like, okay, I can't listen to you after lunch. If I'm walking around doing work, I can't listen after. I just get too hungry. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> we have good descriptions, but sorry. Do and I feel like, a, given given your job, and and uh, not that you should do this at your job, uh, but uh, if you want to see a, a really good movie that combines uh, high school and drinking, 
uh, watch another round on Hulu. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Danish movie. Uh, well, um, it, it all it just won the won the Oscar for uh, best foreign film the other night. Yeah, my dad my dad was telling me about that. That's the one where the teacher like they do a study and the teachers drink or teach better buzzed. Well, yes, yeah, it's not hammered, just buzzed. But, yeah, slightly buzzed. Yeah, but not drunk. And sometimes people make a, an occasional uh, miscalculation and self medication is <laughs> happens some of the times. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a uh, and since it's a since it's a European film, it's uh, it's got a pretty nuanced approach to it. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not in favor of it. It's not a cautionary tale that we should all clutch our handkerchiefs about. But it's uh, it says like what would happen if we tried that? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it also at the college level? Isn't it like college uh, professors? Well, I, well, this is something I didn't know until uh, I heard uh, my friends on the uh, Love of Cinema podcast. It's all about plugging every each other's podcast right now. Uh, because uh, apparently in Denmark, the drinking age is 16. Oh. So therefore, high school seniors are already drinking. I mean, so wow. these people are teaching. Are start <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they yeah. start. Yeah, but, but yeah. so yeah, so... <laughs> Not a, you know, you were talking about the uh, the the laws in this country. You're saying specifically Arkansas. They might right. they have their own flavor of it, but I think there are a lot of places in the United States that are colored by our Victorian origins. Uh, yes, very much. And, so. Uh, and and so and so yeah, we have we have a weird we have a weird relationship with with alcohol where we we clutch our pearls and 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 are all sad about people who are drinking, and then everybody drinks. And then yeah. feels bad I mean, about themselves and beats themselves up. I mean, up. there's there's the whole joke about Southern Baptists in the black in the black trash bags. Yeah, you ever heard that one? I don't think I have. So you know, you as a, you know, you always got to have a black trash bag so that nobody can see what you put inside. Oh, put it on the curb. They can't see what cans or bottles are in there. Excellent. Very true. You know, it's well, it's that it's that hidden aspect. You never know. Well, it looks like the, the, the naming debate will have to continue. It will. Mm-hmm. And, and if, you, uh, yeah. if anyone out there has any suggestions uh, for Josh's Beer Avenger name, yeah, you can reach out to us at thebeeravengers at gmail.com or on the social medias at, at thebeeravengers. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, just help us figure this all out. Uh, and uh, I have the sense yeah. that Huck will listen to this and go, oh, you know what it should be. Boom. Exactly. And, and, after, and, and then we'll after. After he's finished being on assignment, I'm sure he'll have yep. plenty yeah. of ideas. He is. We'll he, that, that's it, Josh. He's the naming savant. That's exactly right. Once, once he resumes his speaking voice, because right now he's only got a singing voice, uh, but uh, and we'll figure all of that out. Josh, it's been really wonderful having you here. This has been a wonderful episode. And thank you uh, so much. Yeah, come back yeah, anytime. Thank you guys for having me on. It's this a it's a fantastic time, and you know, maybe one of these days we'll get one of you on, and just we'll get one of you on our show, and then maybe we'll. Maybe we'll Sounds have good. the Arkansas Traveler on. That's one right. We gotta bring your dad. Cool too, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Beautiful. Sounds great. All right. Well, uh, well, I, I see uh, yeah, Huck is uh, back over there clutching his uke, um, and mm-hmm. uh, come back. Uh, as I said, come back anytime. And uh, anyone listening out there, come back next week. And uh, it's been a great show. Mm-hmm. Well, with a beer, 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 Avengers, beer, 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 Avengers, beer, beer, beer. beer. Beer Avengers. Where's the Beer Avengers? Avengers.